alarming. That didn't sound right. That was alarming. <laughs> Probably because we both decided to cheers with the bottom of our glass. This is real. This is me. I'm exactly... That's the song, right? Where I'm supposed to be now. Gotta let the light... What? Get it? No. It's the other This Is Me. You never get my jokes. It's the song This Is Me from oh. Camper. I- now? Now, Stakes. It just starts with now. It goes straight from the song to here. Now. <laughs> with, sorry, how many minutes of vamping? 12? It's been 12 minutes of bullshit. I, everything I touch. Everything I touch turns to shit. Okay, let's summarize the past 12 minutes of vamping. I am starting with the song. I don't give a shit what you say. That's I thought fine. it was a good bit. It was fine. We are jumping 12 minutes into the future. Yes. We're both stressed. We're and both stressed. sad. I'm going to fly on a plane where you get a carry-on. I'm so excited. I've only flown... We don't have time to unpack how Spirit Airlines is a fake airline. I just, I've only flown Spirit Airlines. And when I told Delaney that they don't give you drinks for free, you have to pay for drinks. Not just drinks. Water. water that you uh, i think you pay for the cost of the cup well yeah water i guess it's up there in the plane it's not like you can just yeah no they make you pay for everything that's how they that's why the flight is like 64 dollars but you end up spending the amount of a regular flight and you have just then, a significantly worse time and then when the plane crashes over the atlantic you won't get water on you you <laughs> you won't get more water on you oh my god welcome this to stop a, you're ruining it this is a pro delta airlines podcast united's the one that beat up the asian guy right <laughs> i hope <laughs> Welcome to Stop Here Ruining It. This is a podcast about movies, I think. I'm Delaney and I like movies. And I'm Natalie and I do not. <laughs> you can't tell we're in a we're in a little wily little mood. It's a wild, it's just weird. We're silly. It's we're a some, silly time. We're some silly We're silly boys. little guys. But you know what? I think that's okay. That's okay because this is a movie. Because the part that got cut out in that 12 minutes that I'm cutting out is that I don't like this movie. I famously yeah. don't like this movie. Yeah. And it's not that I, like, I will watch it and be like, sure, it's fine. Yeah. I just hate everything about it. I hate, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Yeah. Shh, here's the thing. I hate, I think, all the individual parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. And then I think they come together and I'm like, fine, I'll watch it, whatever. But if I look too closely at any individual Can't part, at anything. I'm like, this was an awful directorial decision and all like this is the kind of movie that really you do just have to be like some silly little guys when you watch it or else you can't truly like one of the most ruinable movies there is is the great and here's the thing my issue with this movie is only 40 percent like historical accuracy no i know the rest is also in large part personal vendettas against (laughs) pasek and paul that's probably another they robbed delaney's house that's probably another 40 percent and the last 20 percent is camera movements (laughs) They are interesting. There's a lot of really quick cuts, a lot of CGI that's not like, and that not just the CGI of like the elephants, like they. Oh, the elephants! The CGI so bad. of like the fast movements, like there's a lot of like. Yeah. It just isn't good. <laughs> it's not great. There's, I mean, I have problems not even with the songs, but the placements of the songs in the plot. I have an issue, just in general, with anachronisms. Yeah. And this movie is one walking, Big. talking anachronism. But like, I I saw this in theater. It's The Greatest Showman. The, if not you, the if Snowman. You, if you, it's not The Snowman. It's not The Greatest Snowman. It's not. You saw it in theaters? Yeah. That's I, crazy. Didn't everyone? I, so I saw Into the Woods in theaters with my mom. And she proceeded to decide she would never see another movie with me ever again. So I've never seen 
This came out when we were 18. You could have driven yourself to the movie theater. I didn't get my, into my license. You would have been 19 at this point. I had other things going on. No way. It was 2017. This came out when we were in uh, December of 2017. So I was about to turn 19 and you were already 19. This came out when we were in college? Freshman in college, yeah. That's crazy. It feels... Because I saw it when I went home for Christmas. I went home for Christmas. I visited my like high school advanced acting class because that's mm-hmm. what you did when you were a recently of graduated course. high school senior yes absolutely and then i was in the, the like on the stage the high school stage and my friends were like they let you in there yeah you just fucking walk in man i i got the cops called on me when i went to my high school have i told you this story no nice was it racial no oh, okay no i just fucking walked in i saw this with theater friends from high school we went we went to Chili's beforehand, as you do, mm-hmm. on a good night out. And I remember specifically the moment when Jenny Lynn starts singing Never Enough. Oh my fucking god. Just going, I That's honestly 80% of my issue with this movie. Is that scene? Is the fact that that song's not even close to, to operatic. opera. I know. Not even close. It's also not her singing. And then they have the goddamn balls to have the next scene be that girl can sing. I'm like, that's bullshit. You can sing. That was just a mediocre pop song. Probably the worst song in the whole thing. Hard disagree. What do you think is the worst one? This is me. I don't think this is me is that bad. I hard believe that lyrically oh, and sure. even musically, this is me is the worst. Because here's, here's the thing. I don't dislike, and I'm sure I said this with the Dear Evan Hansen episode too. I don't dislike the music. I think it's catchy and that's all it is. Especially, especially this is me. It's, it's just. I do not. Th- I think that Never Enough is a fine song. I don't like it. I, if it weren't. Put in the context of her being an opera singer, well, maybe yeah. I'd feel better about it. But like, I genuinely, because it doesn't even go high. <laughs> it doesn't even go high. I mean, it's high belting. I would be surprised at what note it is. It's really not anything. It's not higher than This Is Me. As someone who was trained in classical singing and who went to musical theater camp, they're very different. And that song is not remotely close to anything where I'd go, oh, impressive that you can sing that. Mm. I know you don't agree with me. I don't, but that's okay. Lauren Allred, if you're listening to this, I think that you did a very good job on that song and that it's not your fault. It, as always, is Basic and Paul's fault. I hate that song. It drives me crazy, <laughs> which is nuts because I think objectively the worst song is Charity Solo. <laughs> I thought it was... Tightrope? I thought it was the worst song and then it got into the chorus and I was like, it's not that bad. It's not that. I think, I think This Is Me is so clearly written as... It's literally like Oscar bait. Oscar bait. And it's, it's just so, this was, you know, made in 2017, but it's so 2014 girl boss song that I just, and it weirdly is more awkwardly slotted in than every other. It's very awkwardly slotted in. I a hundred percent agree with you. Like I just, and the fact that it was the one chosen for best original song and that many people thought it was going to win. That's what I, well, that's what I was going to say is how much of it though is, is the song and how much of it is the fact that the song got way more credit than it deserved to get. No, it's still the song. (laughs) I think the song's okay. It, I think my issue with this movie is, especially in 2017, I was someone who both knew what a good movie was and knew what a good musical was, and this tried to be both and it failed at both. Yeah. I feel like if you could really do one better than the other, maybe it'd be fine, but it's perfectly mediocre at being both a musical and a movie. Yeah. And it's become what people are like, this is what a movie musical is. Because it's the only one that's been financially successful. And it could be so much better. In the past like 10 years. This made so much money. Yeah. The other thing, it's like, it's not even that it's modern music in a historical setting. It's the fact that it's basic and palm music in a historical setting. Because <laughs> I feel the same, like, with other fucking basic and palm stuff, where it's just meant to be catchy and not meant to be a song. 
and like they, yeah, they they reach a point where they start just making filler. Well, and they're and they're catchy, and I'll give that to them. Like yeah. they are catchy, but that's all they are. Yeah, and that a good musical does not make. I do like a performance at the Oscars. Yeah, I love Chaos. <laughs> Chaos at all. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we have very niche opinions about this movie that maybe people wouldn't necessarily have watching it. There's a lot of context surrounding why you and I dislike this movie. Again, I really think that mine is too. just it's bad. No, but it's well, I I, I, it's, I really it's a think, bad movie. I really think my context is I don't like it. I'm curious if I were to only hear five Pasek and Paul songs, if I would be like, oh, they're all the fucking same. Or if it's after me having seen this, was right. during my Dear Evan Hansen phase. Yeah, this was not me. I I did not dislike Pasek and Paul when this. No, came but it's, out. it's just that they can only write three songs. No, for me it was the songs didn't fit the story. Yeah, that's fair. At the time, I didn't know who the fuck Pasek. Like I, I. That being said, we both agree the opening song slaps. The no. The opening sequence. The slaps. opening thirty seconds. Slaps. slaps and then it immediately does a weird cut and i was like okay no it does do, it does weird do a weird musical cut i do like that song but it is a it's a sharp turn it's a great opening sequence it's a really good opening sequence. they have uh like silent movie cue ca- like uh caption yeah. cards doing like the 20th century fox logo like this stuff and it's a good opening 30 seconds i think pasic and paul wrote that 30 seconds and then went cool. we should make a movie i actually no can I can I start on that front? Yeah. Do you know why this movie was made? No. Of course not. This movie was made because when Hugh Jackman hosted the Oscars yes. in 2009. He wore a top hat. This movie came out in 2017. In 2009, the producers of the Oscars went, he's given P.T. Barnum energy when he hosted. That's it. They watched Hugh Jackman. Host, be a showman. Be a fucking showman. <laughs> and went, oh my God, it's just like P.T. Barnum. And they fucking ran with it. They, this movie gets so far on the fact that he's so charming and he is individually no one's doing bad everyone individually yes however however and i won't get on my fucking pedestal here i don't like hugh jackman's singing voice i don't know if i've said this before or not it literally i literally hate it would you have preferred james gordon i would have preferred this movie burn well, no, I know, but as we know, I don't, well, J- James Corden was never with movie an musicals. Option. There's only two options, but and when, it's James Corden. But when, and Hugh but when the movie is created by people looking at Hugh Jackman and going, "That's P.T. Barnum," I don't think James Corden was ever an option. Russell Crowe. Now you're just nit- controversially. I don't mind his his performance in Lame Is. No, I think the worst performance in Lame Is is Hugh Jackman. I think it's Amanda Seyfried. I disagree. That's fine. I think I I, I here's the thing. It doesn't matter if Cosette's bad. She's in like 10 minutes of the movie. Jean Valjean is 90% of that fucking movie. Yeah. And Hugh Jackman is doing his little goat voice. It's that it sounds bad. (laughs) I'm sure he's technically hitting the notes. I don't think he sounds good. I think that he gets very far on the fact that he's just charming. But the whole thing of Jean Valjean is nobody's like, you know what I look for in a Jean Valjean? Charm. Nobody's criteria for a good Jean Valjean is charisma. I like a sexy Jean Valjean. I... (laughs) I, I'm just yes, saying. I agree. I would love it if they could sing. Yeah, fine. Maybe. I would love it if I... But then Russell Crowe would look silly. When an entire musical is sung through, I would really like it if the person doing 90% of that singing could sing. He does do so much of just the filler singing. It literally is just like, I am here, and now we're going over here. The, the, in this movie, it's better because it's not 
fucking sung through. Yeah, that's right. And it's not hard music to sing. But even then, when he's singing alone, his voice is grating to me. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I don't like his tone. I don't like his vibrato. I think he's charming as hell. And I liked him in Music Man. Because you know who doesn't really sing? The Music Man? Harold Hill. (laughs) The titular role? Harold Hill has, I think, a three-note range. I would be... That feels... Yeah, that feels like... Plot-wise, it makes sense. Whereas Jean Valjean has a... Sorry, my notes are saying a 500-note range. It has all the notes in the universe? every note that humans can hear and some that are only audible to dogs. Well, yeah, the people who did the best were the people who have musical theater training. Because, good God... That's the thing is, Hugh Jackman had a Tony at that point. But for what? For Boy From Oz? Never heard of that. I knew he was in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, right? He was guest on in Australia. Oh, yeah. So, yes. (laughs) So, what I said was correct. He was known, by the time he got cast in Les Mis, he was known as the actor who does musical He theater. by no means is He a was in the Oklahoma movie. Or did the Oklahoma revival, correct? I think it was like an Oklahoma TV movie. Oof. With him as Curly. Yeah. But again, I think the fact that this film took seven years to That's produce... That's so long. ...should have been a sign. Yeah. Because they started making it and then it immediately went to development hell. Probably... Because they went, hey, no. Well, and I think that's what happens when you pick a topic where it's like, if you go too close on any front, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. So it is like the most whitewashed, polished, sanitized version of this story they could tell. Yeah. And it just, I... Because Hugh Jackman looks good in a top hat. <laughs> I have to find the Letterboxd review I saw earlier that made me, I think, just laugh out loud. Whereas they gave it two and a half stars. Which is about what I gave it. Mm. And they said, I watched this movie while drinking heavily and I don't like it. However, by the end, it beat me into submission and I cheered when Zac Efron put on a hat. That scene rocks. <laughs> and I think that encapsulates... I will be honest. A lot of my feelings about this movie. Where I'm like, I don't like it. I If I look at any individual thing, I'm like, that's not well done. Right. However, there are some parts where I'm like... Well, yeah. And it's because they- Oh, because of course it's Zac Efron putting on a hat. They created it to pander and I'm a malleable human being. It is like every time you're close to being like, I'm giving up on this, they give you something really fun and you're like, oh man. Like, I- Another weird thing about the uh, soundtrack is that they just combine the beginning and end greatest show into one greatest show, which is so strange to me. So he sings the second verse and it just goes immediately into Zac Efron. I mean, again, it's it's best for radio. It's best for radio, but that's weird for me because that just that that just is antithetical. Oh, to I'm the sorry. Whole you th- of a reprise. You you think these people were really <laughs> their main priority was the musical integrity? How many failed waving through the, through a window reprises do you think they wrote before they gave up? <laughs> How many do you think there were? <laughs> and then they just went with. Oh, we'll just include that tiny little bit in word spell. One of my favorite film critics rated this the same reading I gave it and said, the worst movie I ever liked. And again, I... Fair. Yeah, yeah. David Sims usually says what I'm thinking. This movie's like cotton candy. It's all fluff. It's not good for you. There's no substance. There's no... You can get it for 200 tickets at Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not even like a DVD. They will perform it for you. Hugh Jackman's there. So is Zac Efron. It's really weird. (laughs) He's really... He's he's been not busy. (laughs) He also hasn't been. I really thought this movie was going to start a Zac Efron renaissance and it didn't. No, he got Ted Bundy. P.T. Barnum has two H's. It's nine and 45. 
Yeah. We see both of them in the first minute of the movie. He's a little boy. His dad is Will Swenson. It's so, that is one of immediately, I'm like, we're in a bad spot is when he just, all of a sudden it's like, oh, the circus is dark. It's spinning around. Whoa. It's him younger. I'm like, so is he seeing that whole spiel? So here's, here's some things about this, this, (laughs) this, these opening few scenes. I hope you know where I'm going with this. We see him as a child. Yes. He meets Charity as a child. Yes. For some She's also reason. a child. She's also a child. One of my notes is they put their entire pussy into the first 30 seconds and then set the rest on fire. I stand by that. Yes. His dad is Broadway's Will Swenson, currently playing Neil Diamond in the Neil Diamond musical on Broadway. Apparently, when you laugh at a boy's jokes, you become poor for the rest of your life. Because <laughs> she laughs at a boy's jokes. That was crazy. And then they go, you're a whore. Has she never met another boy ever? No. It immediately cuts to another song. <laughs> A bad song. There's too many songs. I like the version of this song that Pink did with her daughter. Sure. I like this song sung by other people. I don't know who that little boy is, but he's not a good singer. I could see... And then it goes straight into Hugh Jackman singing I could it. see a lot of these be... Um, They're going to be pop songs. They'd be good... I could see there being great covers of mm-hmm. all of these. No, yeah, that kid can't sing. And then we... This is one where we get him singing it, Hugh Jackman singing it. We get another one of it later, and then a final one at the end. We, we hear this song Wait, We hear the daughters times. sing it. We and then we him. hear him sing it on the beach. <laughs> no, she sings it on the beach. She sings her weird bridge. He, his dad dies, and he wears his dead dad's hat to show that time has passed. Yes, his father worked in fabrics. And while he's, while he's a child, yes, the lore we get yes. is that he's, he's like beat up on the street because he got thrown <laughs> out by Charity's parents. Yes. And a disabled woman gives him an apple, and that's supposed to be like, oh, he loved disabled and people. every time he looks at an apple from then on, he's like, oh. No, yeah, and he, he's like, ah, yes. <laughs> he's like, oh, wow, I love disabled people. I, I'm here for the underdog. I'm surprised that his whole turnaround at the end wasn't because someone hit him in the head with an apple. Like, I... And he realized who he was. It's just such a shoehorned character study of this one disabled person was nice to him. And the thing is, it doesn't even translate into him being like, I have no. to give a voice for these people. Because later he's just like, no, I want money. No, then he just goes, he does that. And then hears someone yelling about the railroad and he just goes, cool. And he hops on to join the railroad and he makes money in railroading. Yeah. And then the song is done. 11 years. He's married to Michelle Williams. The song's not done. He makes his money, goes back. And then Hugh Jackman goes, time for me to pick this up. Oh yeah. Sorry. He's able to go to Charity's parents and be like, please. And they go, okay. Now this is not what the real P.T. Barnum did. Um, the real P.T. Barnum, I'm going to put this with the preface of P.T. Barnum has surrounding him a lot of conversations about race, slavery, and disability that you and I are not equipped to talk about. You know what I am equipped to talk about? Fucking elephants. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go hard on that elephant abuse. Elephant lure? We got it. (laughs) However, if you want to read more about the racial implications or or disability related things, I... Would recommend you can look into The Showman and the Slave by Benjamin Rice or Rias or Raya, whatever. I also really enjoy a documentary you can find on YouTube. Uh, it is Freak Show by Adam Pearson. It's very interesting and I'm a big fan of it. And it's a good uh, look at 
modern day disability, modern day freak shows, and kind of the current uh, thoughts about surrounding that for people who are actually in the community. Those are like the big, that, that that's if you want to be like, I want to go into the truth. This is a more sanitized version of us making fun of the thing for being sanitized. <laughs> Look, it's, I'm sorry. It's just not, it's not a funny story because the actual P.T. Barnum, he, I think at age 24, 25, which is I hypothetically, I think when we're picking up with him, I know. I know. Hypothetically, when we're picking back up with good old PT, <laughs> he got his money initially. This is a bit like the way he started by, he was in the North. So he leased a black woman on a technicality. He didn't buy her. And I don't say that as a moral thing. I mean, as far as he was allowed to have a slave in the North because he technically leased her. I think she was around, it, it, how old she was exactly isn't clear. Oh, was this like the super old lady? She was touted around as like the 114 year old. And she uh, was like, Maybe 50. Yeah, she was uh, said to be like a, a, a one of... Uh, the old, oldest. George Washington's maids. Yeah. Maids. Strong word. So he, You know how George Washington was famous for, right. for, his, for his paid... For, for his, his maid owning. <laughs> he leased her for $1,000 for $1, a year. First 500 he had, he, he borrowed the next 500. And when I got this, guys. Uh, he worked this woman 10 to 12 hours a day, just kind of taking her around, being like, look at how old this lady is. Crazy. And then she died while under his wing. I don't know. <laughs> control. I don't oh, that's ownership. Fair. He went, well, you know what? I gotta make my money back somehow. So he hosted a live autopsy of her body where people could buy tickets for $50 and come see them do her autopsy. And it was revealed that she was like 80 at the most. But that was his start. Right. Was with this woman, Joyce Heth is her name. You mean he didn't start with the nifty little wax museum? No, then he buys the museum. But he bought, he first, he first. Oh. He has, don't worry, the museum's the next thing he does. But first he did all that other stuff. Oh no. Mary's Charity. We see him marry Charity. They do a bunch of dancing. Apparently of he dancing. also learned how to dance. Yeah, that was part of... A lot of dangerous roof dancing. That's that's part of working on the railroad. Oh, of course, of course. All the live long day. Some of those some of those dancing scenes are well are they they're pretty, well constructed, well choreographed. I don't know. The thing is, I couldn't even, I couldn't even find who the choreographer is. I feel like that should be listed. because it's a lot of spinning. Really, does some of it does feel like they were just like, all right, you you two go go spin around. But he marries Charity. And they have two. They suddenly have two very Aryan daughters. Very Aryan daughters. And then he gets laid off. Um, the whole company goes bankrupt. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, they don't go you, P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum, we've had to make some cuts in our... in our And you have been touting around department. this 70-year-old woman. We noticed that you own a slate. Don't you start telling me it's a lease, P.T. You're <laughs> out. You're done. And, you know, they make this point to be like, Charity is happy, even though her father was always like, you're going to be unhappy because you're poor. She's happy. And then Barnum's like, no. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No. Need more. Need more. Need, need, need more. He loses his job. So he goes, okay, I'll go get a loan and do my crazy little crafts. First though, after he gets laid off is he MacGyver's a little like nightlight thing. And that's supposed to show how like he's a tinker in, fairy. Ingen ingenuitive he is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not the only person brave enough to say this on live television. P.T. Barnum is a tinker fairy. Like that is supposed to show us that he's like a wild visionary is that he's able to tinker together a little like a lot of elephant night. stuff it's like he realized an elephant was a thing it was like i'm making this whole, my whole he's like, personality i'm gonna abuse these to hell and i also just like that he's like look at this and his daughter's like i'd like ballet slippers <laughs> i want the most expensive hobby a child can i have. in a hobby it'd be nice if i could have shoes papa and <laughs> charity's just like folding sheets on the roof i was like is that her job or they just have a lot of laundry and then he goes to the unemployment office to try or like to to yes. the, the bank to get a loan 
loan. Yeah. Which, first of all, he gets the loan by just lying about collateral. Yeah. He literally just says, yeah, there's there's ships in the ocean. That's our collateral. He, I think he gets the paperwork from his previous job. Yeah. Because, like, the ship sank. Right. But I don't know where he got that paperwork. <laughs> why anyone bought, uh, bought it. Why nobody was like, hey, these ships sank last Why'd week? the company go under if he could have just done that? Um, <laughs> at the bank or at the loan place or the unemployment office yes. whatever the fuck it is we get this second oh, pop, it's shoehorned popcorn kernel of P.T. Barnum lore where he sees the person that will eventually be Tom Thumb was yeah. it Charles Stratton yes he looks out at a row of people waiting in line and one, and of them one is shorter is feet <laughs> one is just and where, he's like interesting where others were knees his was feet and he went that's oh and he went oh my god do you have an apple for me <laughs> he, went, he went oh my god Oh, I'm inspired. I'm a visionary. Like, it's it's just... I think what happened is that the creators were so aware that P.T. Barnum was a bad person that they're like, we have to make it look like him creating the circus wasn't just exploitation. And so they're... It was. But it, right. And so they're instead peppering in a fetish? Now, here's what I will give them. That actor looks so much like the real Charles. It's crazy. But when I looked at a picture of the real guy, I was like, oh, oh, it looks so much like him. Because I might be wrong, but the actor- Is half Asian. uh, Yeah, he looks half Asian. And then he's not, but the real Charles Stratton looks so much like him that I was like, I'm actually, this is crazy to me. This was not a diversity hire. This was absolutely, they were like, dude, you look like him. But, and so he's like, I know what'll make us money now that I have all this time. Little people. Big world. But first, <laughs> he actually created TLC. Uh, is he's like, I'll make a wax museum. Yeah. He buys you know, like how you do when you're in fifth grade in your social studies class, you you make a wax museum. Which was his step after the woman died was to buy a museum, bought a museum. And he then went, that's this a, is great. And then that's a dumb idea. Nobody buys tickets to it. It's a dumb idea. It was a, like a wax museum, but he went, you know what would be great in this? It's just like live stuff. He's, but before he did that, he had the uh, Fiji mermaid. Spelled out as um, oh, I remember F E E J E E. It's just a it was a monkey head on a fish body, and that was it. <laughs> That's how I feel. It was sometimes. a skeleton. <laughs> it was just, it was just two fish. Do you have skeletons. do you have facts about Jumbo the elephant? I do. Do you know? And we can get to this later. But I need you to know that Jumbo the elephant is the mascot of Tufts University. Jumbo the elephant is the creator of the word Jumbo. P T Barnum. Gave, I think, the skeleton or like the remains yeah. of Jumbo the Elephant to Tufts. So the, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. Don't worry. But I need, I need to, I have a, I have a photograph of me next to the big Jumbo the Elephant that's on Tufts campus. Yes. They do not have his actual skeleton. They have the parts of him that are left, which is the tail. Gross. Yeah. Look, I, it's not fun. That's, yeah. That's, um, so that's the crazy thing is, uh, no one goes to this dumbass museum the, of Which I'm assuming figures. he bought because no one was going to it. Why would, the thing, why, who, would have sold, who would have sold a successful wax figure museum? <laughs> and so he starts going, damn, I need some weirdos. <laughs> Gotta get them. So he first goes, he somehow finds the little person he saw in the bank. His, fir- his first weirdo is just the guy who tried to steal his watch. And he goes, yeah, this is my partner. Oh, yeah, this- and they're business partners. <laughs> that guy was also in Waitress. <laughs> that guy was the original Cal in Waitress. And his, his wife's just like, who is this man? And he's like, I'm a magician. Oh, he's just okay. a pickpocket. He's just a pickpocket. But he like he for some reason is like yeah, I'm on board, and he just is, is there for the rest of it. <laughs> um, yeah, he goes to find Charles Stratton. He first of all knocks on the door and is like, "Hey, can I talk to your son?" And the woman's like, "I don't have, I don't a son. have one of those." And he's like, "I just saw you at the bank." And he's like, "And also, I have your paperwork. I have like your 
legal documents somehow? She stormed out of the bank and she was like, let's go. They only want to give money to people who have money. And I'm like, yeah, that's how banks work. Banks tend Did to she work. then hand everyone in the room her a legal documents? It was a birth- he was like, no, I have proof that a yeah. boy was born. Show where did she, Where did he get where that? Where is that boy? Did the wax museum also sell him that? I don't know. <laughs> but he goes to Charles Stratton. And I, I wrote the quote down because again, it's it's them trying so hard to make him seem like a good person. What when he says you you want them to laugh at me? And, and he was like, they're yeah. already laughing, bud. Might as well make money. Where he's like, I want you to come work for me in this fucking freak show. And Charles Stratton goes, so you want them to laugh at me? And he yeah. goes, Haha, yes, yeah. He's like, come join my show. And he's like, oh, it's a show of people. He's like, nope, it's a bunch of wax figures and you. <laughs> and you, little man. Little and, guy. And he's literally like, you want people to laugh at me? He's like, they're laughing anyway, so why not get paid? I'm like, that's not the way to go. <laughs> and he turns around and leaves. <laughs> he, he goes, that, that'll do it. Bad argument, man. <laughs> and he closes his door. I literally, I literally have that line. And then as like a little bullet point, just, buddy? <laughs> buddy. The Charles Stratton in this Tom Thumb, uh, we don't ever, I think, hear a name. If we maybe hear Tom Charles, Thumb or of Charles Stratton, we don't. We might hear Charles Stratton mentioned once, mm-hmm. and then he is like in subtitles listed as Tom Thumb, but like we do because not... he pitches him with like the general, the general. Oh no, it's it's just like Napoleon, 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 Napoleon Bonaparte, who was five eight. I don't remember. That's actually really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> Like, Napoleon wasn't that short. That was, yeah, but Napoleon's whole thing is they were like, ha, shorty. He was like maybe 5'6". So he's 22 in the movie when he finds him. If I were to tell you that he adopted Charles Stratton at the age of two, how would you feel? This adopted? Is of, this is one of the first big uh, di- divergences outside of just skipping the entirety of the beginning portion of what he was doing before he went back to get charity at her house. Uh, he adopted the two-year-old uh, Charles Stratton under the name Tom Thumb uh, for to join his, his show. Now... Top Thumb's kind of fucking wild. Uh, he appears twice before the Queen in his life. That little tour that they do, mm-hmm. he was the, the head of the tour. He reached a point of fame later in his life that was never... It was a speed of growth and a level of fame that was never achieved by anyone else in his lifetime. He, in addition to being... Uh, he was a little person and he was part of this like freak show. But the reason that P.T. Barnum got him was because he was actually a really good fucking actor. And he was doing these roles in tragedies at the age of seven. Like, he literally got him as a two-year-old and had him performing at four. What the fuck? Doing this shit. And he would go on to become, like, a very successful actor. And people were genuinely, he was a fantastic actor. We don't see any of that. But <laughs> he's wild, dude. No, he just went to get a loan once. Yeah, we saw him no. get to go to get a loan as a fully grown adult. That's not what happened. But I, there's also, he gets his, uh, around this time, P.T. Barnum gets his uh, first First Nations person, First Nations Indigenous person. He has a lot of those. There's so just, lo- just to have? To show off. This is, this is Civil War. So people haven't seen them before. Or if they have, they've been doing things. But we get this montage of him finding people. I, I, he, he, he gets like a tip from someone being like, there's a freak in that building. Yo. He goes into a building that I think is the Triangle Shirtwaist he gets, Factory. It's weird too, because he, yeah, I'm sure. He gets those tips from the same guys who later are like, fuck them freaks. And I'm like, well, then why were you helping in the beginning? And we get to see all types of talents, talents. that he puts in his circus. We have the bearded lady. Real. Classic. Yes. Dog boy. Real. A bunch of tattoos. Also real. Let me pull them up. And black people. Let me pull. Oh, unfortunately. <laughs> 
One cool moment. First of all, one of my favorite things about this movie has always been that tattoo guy. Because I'm like, you picked that. Everyone else is there because they're like, I have a thing that ostracizes me from like, society. You paid human dollars to do I that. I know that Anne and WD are like, they're Chuppies artists or whatever. Yeah. But what makes them freaks is that they're black. Yeah, and they're also completely fictional. I, yes. But WD literally walks in and is like, people aren't going to like if you hire us. And I was like, why did you go to this then? How did they learn how to trapeze? I don't know. Um, they had to have been doing it somewhere. The guy who plays W.D. Wheeler is the Hot. guy from the Candyman remake. <laughs> That's the new Candyman. Yes, no, Anne and W.D. are black. And this is a big thing. He was a big old fan of just like showing off races. I'm going to stick to, per, per, personally, because some of these names are super offensive. And, you know, just for brevity, I will stick to the people who at, we see in the movie. Right. I will talk about those people. And I will talk about Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story Freak Show, because there's also a bearded lady in that, and it's played by Kathy Bates. The bearded lady, uh, guess how old she was when he got her? 24. Nine months old. Annie Jones. Nine months old. She wouldn't have been bearded. Nine months old. I guess they could tell something. Baby boys don't have beards when they're that young. (laughs) You're correct. Nine months old, his parents gave him, her parents sold her. Also, just just to cover bases, we are talking, you know, a a very binary gender thing. It's a bad time. Biologically sexed females. When we say bearded woman, obviously women can have beards. Yes. Um, This... Was more. This was Annie. A biological. Yes. Suck. This movie is not great. <laughs> this movie's horrible. Um, th- her name is Letty in this. She's yes. an amalgamation of two actual bearded ladies. Annie Jones, who was like the the bearded lady who we all know know of. She was yeah purchased at nine months old and lived a life at the circus. So he just he just knew she was gonna get a beard. He gave the parents a hundred dollars a week, and then he did a whole thing with her. Her story is that he, as a part of his um shtick is that he had someone kidnap her and then made the trial public of them getting her back. So he could be like, and she has a beard. (laughs) How crazy is this story? Freak show freaks. Those, I feel like no, I don't know that any media has nailed it yet. It's, it's, It's just one of those things where it's like, you have to put it in the hands of the people it affects. Right. It's, it's like, you know, having, like we are at the point where we are now seeing differently abled peoples as like, you would never give a movie about, at least today, about slavery and abolition to a white person. Right. Well, and I think that the the, the freak show, in quotes, falls into a similar category as like minstrel shows, where even the communities that they affect are not, obviously are not a uh, monolith, but right. the opinions are very, very okay. polarized. I'm sure maybe one day we will get a movie that explores those topics by the people who have a right to be exploring them. Right. But as of now, like we as a society and as media are getting to a place of recognizing disability the same way we recognize race, yeah. that we should not be making this type of media anymore. And it's, it's, the, 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 like, we are just now getting to a point where people are like, disabled characters should be played by disabled people. Yeah. Glee was not that. Glee was very recent. Yeah. And Kevin McHale has even been like, I shouldn't have played Artie. I get that. Uh, having autistic characters right. be played by autistic actors. Like, we are just now getting Exploring to... Exploring that. We are just now getting to that point in media. So we are not yet at a place to fully explore... Right. <laughs> ...a respectful and nuanced freak show piece of media. Right. And it is something that was so exploitative that it is so... It is not... It's not possible for someone who is not... Effect, exactly. Was not part of that to make a piece about it that's not exploitative. Exactly. We're not... I forgot Neil Patrick Harris was in Freak yeah. Show. Yeah. Since you mentioned it, that is another one of his, like, big... Notably, not in this movie. They cut out one of his other big 
act, but which you was met Neil Patrick Harris. Not Neil Patrick Harris. Okay. Um, yeah, I was like, he is not in this movie. You're correct. Honestly, can I make a very bold claim? Neil Patrick Harris should have he been. He would have been a good I Barnum. was thinking him immediately. I mean, I think in my brain, like, who's hosted the Tonys? I think he would have, because he's also very charming. Yeah. And he, ha- he can sing. And he can sing. Sorry. I just needed to get that out there um, while that was in my brain. <laughs> this is another, this was another of his big uh, people. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, it's hard because I, I'm, it's, I don't want to erase the stories of these people and especially the ones that he like built the, his career on, but some of it's so hyper offensive. Um, he had someone who was microcephalic named Zippy the Pinhead, who was uh, an African-American man who had a uh, condition called uh, microcephalia, I guess it mm-hmm. would be. Um, where it's just a, you have a, a, a tapered head. Yeah. And even in this, there's no, there's no historical consensus on whether or not that actually affected his cognitive ability. Right. And then um, we're going to restart with the cast of characters. <laughs> Give me a fresh start on that one. Just all of them? <laughs> well, we, we, we just got to that point where they're going through them. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go through them again. We'll see Because I went through the three talents that are dog person, tattoos, and black. Yes. I, oh, I don't, I don't it know. It really feels like one of those people made a choice. <laughs> and it's the dog person. <laughs> it's the dog person. Jojo the dog boy. <laughs> so I went back and forth on what my mini game should yes. be. I really wanted to do, is it a real clown or something else? I really wanted to do a clown based thing, but then I couldn't find any actual clown names other than like Bozo. Yeah. And you know Bozo. Or John Wayne Gacy. And so I just, oh, uh, I think at one point I was doing, is was this on America's Got Talent or was it a real Barnum and Bailey act? But again, like... I couldn't find information needed to do these. So I went to GuinnessWorldRecords.com. Love it. <laughs> and I'm just going to quiz you on some of the human body world records that probably back in 1860 would have been considered worthy of freak show. Okay. And, and that's it. For example. I do know some of these. The man with the stretchiest skin. <laughs> How far? Can I do- ask where? The skin is? I will say that. He is able to stretch the skin of his stomach to a distended length of what length, do you think? Like, take the skin. Not the fat. Just the skin. How, how f- do you even do that? How f- He has Ehlers-Danlos. Okay, so it, it's separated? The layers are separated? I don't know. I mean, okay. like, maybe there's fat in it, but, like, it, it's, it's not just... I like, see what you mean. I see what you mean. It's not just that, like, he has a distended stomach. He's able to just, like... Go, like that you, scene in Megan. What unit should I be in? You can be in centimeters or inches. I have both. Okay. So it's not feet. I'm not aiming for feet or meters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with 15 inches. You real, I, you really got to start lower on me. Uh, that's I, I, as I said it more than a foot. <laughs> that is more than a foot. So um, I'm going to go with three and a half inches. Uh, 6.25. Okay. Which again, that's far. Oh, that, that is taking like, how far can you stretch your skin on your stomach? Like maybe an inch. Yeah. Maybe that's like, you really like your skin is just kind of on there. And that's not even stretching it. That's just pinching it. That's just pinching it. Like it's basically like doing this, like what you can do there. And that's what half an inch. You can do it six inches. (laughs) (sighs) It takes all people. It takes all talents. There's, there's a cue in it. Sorry. Did you see that picture? Yeah. There's, there's a picture of his name. His name is Gary Turner. I don't like that the rest of his skin's also stretchy. They just only measured the stomach skin. Why are people grabbing his skin like that? Leave him alone. Um, they asked him, when did you know you had stretchy skin? And he goes, I've always known that my skin was different. When I knew I had skin, probably. <laughs> are there parts of the body where the skin is very stretchy? And he goes, anywhere that has plenty of skin is best. I feel like 
there's an even amount of skin <laughs> everywhere on the body. It says I... tummy, neck, arms, etc. Areas not so stretchy are hands and feet. I noticed. Do this. not ask about Gary Turner's penis. All right, so I think you're going to know this one. Uh, the shortest living woman that is mobile. Two feet? Yes. It, so it is um, Mopatis. It, it is, I was going to say, it's the it's, actress uh, who plays Mopatis. Uh, Gioti Kasanji Amge? Yeah, she's wonderful. She's wonderful. Um, oh, she seems lovely. I've seen and interviews with her. And she has been very kind towards Ryan Murphy. She yeah. loved her time on Freak Show. Yeah, she had a, I know she had a good time, and I think that she was able to... Um, contribute, like... Contribute. I think that she was also able to kind of like be able to laugh, laugh at herself a little bit. Kind of take. I don't take it on the chin. Is that the phrase I'm thinking of? No, don't look at me like that. There's a thing for that. There's like a word for that. That sounds so sexual. Okay, I'm just gonna keep going. I'm sorry. No, I swear to God, that's a saying. Uh, she was 24.7 inches. Yeah. So that's two feet. Yeah. Um, and she has was? held. No, she's still alive. Um, but she's she's held this record since 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's small. Um, what do you think the record for the longest fingernails on a pair of hands female is? I know who this is. It's her, awful. Her name's Diana Armstrong. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. She lives in Minneapolis. I know exactly what her fucking nails look like. <laughs> 15 inches. Is it longer? I think they combine, because it's longest fingernail of, on a pair of hands, and it has to be. I think it's the two, com- like, I think it's taking all of the nails and, like, adding them up to a length. And so I think all of the, her nail length combined is 42 feet, yeah. 10 inches. Yeah, no, it's horrible. Diana has not cut her nails since 1997 and has no plans to ever cut Hers her nails Hers are again. straight too, right? Yeah. Which is crazy because <laughs> they, they, normally they, they curl. They, they, they look like, like a walker. That's crazy. <laughs> normally they curl when you grow them long enough. She's had this record only since March of 2022. Yeah, because so, I think I actually might have been thinking of the previous record holder. Um, the tallest living married couple. What do you think their combined height is? 15 feet. I'm going to just go with 15. Seems like it's been a pretty good number. Actually, you, you overshot it. 13 feet, 10 inches. Pretty, You're uh, pretty close. I did not overshoot it as much as I overshot the stretch of skin thing. <laughs> um, so I beefed that one. It is uh, Sun Ming Ming and his wife, uh, Zhu Yan, both Chinese. And he is 7 feet, 9 inches. And she nice. is 6 feet, 1 inches. So it's, it's less her height and more his height. Who currently holds the record of the youngest female person with a full beard? So the age so of the person. And do not say two months. It. So yes. it's not nine months. Nine months. She was nine months. I guess this is the age at the, which they had the full the beard. full beard. And some of the ways that they phrase Guinness World Records are weird. Yeah. I'm going to go with two and a half. No, she's 24. Months. <laughs> so two and a half months is not... Zero babies. Well, because there's there's also a difference between. um, I think that in the case of Annie, it was more leaning towards the uh, condition that JoJo the dog boy hate doing this that he had, where it's more just full body hair. Mm. She was just a pretty hairy and just had it, but she did have like honestly a pretty beautiful beard. (laughs) It was the one that they put on Kayla Settle. First of all, oh, sorry, we can get to this later. But the fir- one of the first things I noticed about this movie when I first saw it is they have Kayla settled in like five different beards. Yeah, she starts taking care of her beard once she's. Is cast that the what show. it is? She I thought they just. I thought they just really fucked up their beard no, wigs because when we cut to her once they're cast, she's sitting there with her little mirror and like keeping it trimmed and like. It's I know, sweet. but the texture changes. Oh yeah, sure. That's probably absolutely a thing. <laughs> I don't think like, she was straightening it. <laughs> 
it, it starts like sometimes it's curly, sometimes it's like weirdly. Straight. I don't no. think it's consistent either on like what parts of her face have the beard. Like yeah. I really don't think. That no, I, I was job. I was like that is lovely. Sure, but distinctly, whatever. I do remember seeing that. That was that was kind of sweet. <laughs> That has no description. Stinkiest cat. It's, oh God, I wish we'd win. Oh we we could get so much money from that. <laughs> She's fully it's on just rack. most face flesh tunnels. <laughs> and then there is, <laughs> there is no. What do you mean most? There is no. Why is any not most? Context. Face flesh tunnels? And if you look at all the comments, it's just, <laughs> what is that? What is that? What is what that? What is the difference <laughs> between a tunnel and a hole on face flesh? <laughs> But the, the the record goes to James Goss, who has no. like fifteen. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. Does tunnel imply? I guess that it goes all the way through. I don't know. Um, who do you think the record for most piercings single count male is? How many piercings do you think this guy has? What do you mean by single count? Like I they counted each individual. I think so. I don't know. Um, also, they do note that applications for this record title will only be accepted if the applicant is 16 years of age or older. I would fucking hope so. That is one of the tattooed women that was in uh, one of... He did a lot of circus. One of Barnum's acts is just that her dad was a tattoo artist and just used her as canvas. Jesus. Yeah. Now, notably, not the tattoo guy I keep shitting on. He <laughs> made a choice. We'll get to him. He's a real guy. How many, t- how many piercings? 150. 115 inches. <laughs> This guy has 450 yeah. piercings. Well, I mean, at what point are you like, what else? What? He has 150 around his lips. Ah. Oh. 16 in his right and ear. And those don't count as face flesh tunnels? 15 in his left ear. 25 in his eyebrows. 8 in his nose. Wait, how many in his left ear? 15. And then 16 in his right ear. Feels like you can fit more in the ears, man. <laughs> Why are you doing over 100 around the mouth? 25. Hold on. You gotta be able to so, put more so than So it says that. 115 around his lips, and then it's 25 in his eyebrows, 8 in his nose, 94 in and around his lips. So I guess that's What like, does this man look like? Two in his tongue. Again, I feel like you, you could fit, fit more there. <laughs> Eight in the rest of his body. What? So there are good. Three in his nipples. I, 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 four in his navel. In his nipples? It's not three in one nipple and one unpierced nipple? Four in his navel. And 278 in the genital area. He's a freak. Oh, he a freak. Mmm. <laughs> he also has horns. May it be clear, I mean, he's like a sexual freak. I'm not calling him a freak. Mostly because he has over 250 piercings on his dick. He really... I don't... At that point, I don't think it was for the piercings. <laughs> I don't think his motivation was beating that record. How do you fit... Oh, my goodness. Um, who was the tallest man ever? Who still holds the title of tallest man ever? I need to know his name. You don't have to, but how tall was he? I did know this name before I looked this up. Um, uh, but you can just tell me how tall he was. Eight foot nine. Eight foot 11. It's okay. I'm close. I forgive you. This is one of those things where I think I also have this in my brain. His name is Robert Wadlo- Wadlow. Yes. He was last measured on June 27th, 1940. And he has held the record since then. And we're sure that those are accurate records. He died. Not to accuse him of being a fraud. He died in July of 1940, so less than a month later. Oh my god, did they kill him? As a result of a septic blister on his right ankle caused by a brace which had been poorly fitted only a week earlier. His daily food consumption was 8,000 calories. You think he probably needed more? Yeah. That's only 1,000 calories per foot of his body. (laughs) Yeah. Although, I guess by that logic, I would be eating 5,000 calories a day. Um, and then I just started kind of falling down a rabbit hole. Oh no, you fell in a hole today? Yeah. It hurt. 
Um, what is the longest time that a man held his breath voluntarily underwater? I like that they added voluntarily. 15 minutes? 24 minutes, it's 37 high. seconds. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Budimir Sobat from Croatia. Uh, March of 2021. Good for him, I guess. I'm glad it was voluntary. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he consented. And then finally, the longest time in an abdominal plank position. Ooh, 20 seconds. I Yeah, mine is maybe minute and a half. And that is on a good day. I think that I can, I, I at some point, I have a really high pain tolerance, but I also have a pretty high discomfort uh, tolerance right. if I'm being competitive. Right. So like, I think that when I was doing like volleyball, I might've been able to get up to like two and a half minutes. Are you about to tell me that he like, it's like two minutes? No. Okay. I am not. Are you about to say that I'm a lunatic for thinking two and a half minutes? I'm going to go with 15 minutes. 15 has been a pretty helpful number for me. Yeah. 15 Um, months. (laughs) Nine hours, 30 minutes and one second. That's crazy. He is affected by CRPS, complex regional pain syndrome. Oh, and decided to attempt this record to prove that no matter what condition you have or challenge you face, you can overcome them and achieve your goals. My dude. You could have stopped after, I'm sure, an hour. Like, I, I want to know who's second place is. Wait, I'm sorry. So he went, I feel a lot of pain. So I'm going to do this. Comments on this post include, give me one chance. I will bracket. <laughs> give me a one chance. Give me a one chance. I will bracket. I believe him. Um, someone said, easy record to beat. You only get one. Why do you only get one chance, man? Um, and that's it crazy <laughs> those are those are those are my current day freaks <laughs> <laughs> that stretchy skin guy <laughs> <laughs> i really should have saved him for last <laughs> crazy so currently in the circus yes we have Anne and wd wheeler and played by zendaya who are just acrobats very hot acrobats black acrobats, if you will <laughs> they're black acrobats they are we have mr o'malley the pickpocket <laughs> yes <laughs> And business partner. Apparently there is Deng Yan, a Chinese acrobat and blade specialist. Yes. They're... Not a real person. I believe that she is... Uh, the closest thing I could find on her, this is just interesting to me, is that um, Afeng Moi was the first Chinese lady in America. P.T. Barnum had her and she was an act of his. Just first chi- first, first Chinese lady anyone ever seen. Christ alive. Um, then we have Vasily Karpov, mm-hmm. the tall man. Yes. Based on circus giant George Auger. Yes. Then we have the dog boy. Yes. They didn't even give him a name, Jojo. But he is based on Fedor, Fedor Jeff, 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 uh, Jeff, Jeff Tichu. Yeah. Fedor Jeff Tichu, who joined uh, PT's gang at the age of 16. Okay. So at least he had a little bit more autonomy. And he had a hypertrichosis, mm. which is just um, hyper meaning high. We have... Osis meaning presence in blood. <laughs> <laughs> We have two people playing the albino twins. Yes, the albino twins. Was that a real thing? It was. Um, they just had never seen an albino person before? So he, the Martin sisters are the ones that were, I believe, part of PT's group. Okay. This, from what they have, is just albino people. It just looks like very Nordic people. Yeah. They they, they look like they just came from Denmark. Yeah. The it's, famous <laughs> albino twins are, um, and they're not even twins, they're brothers, uh, George and Willie Muse, who went by the stage names of Echo and Eco. They were kidnapped as boys. They were black albinos. So they were kidnapped and put into the circus trade. The, 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 the interesting thing here is that some of these people are direct. Yes. Playing people that were real and some are just like amalgamations. It's very strange. Yeah. Because the next people per the next people are chang and eng 
bunker. Real. The Siamese twins. Yes, because their their name on Wikipedia is blue. They're real. And oh God, they're they're real. <laughs> I know I know what's coming because because you've, no, well, you've said this to me so many times over the last twenty four hours. They were, but they also are portrayed in the movie as being like just like hanging out. They did not join Barnum Circus. They later on, when he was doing his work, decided that since they had at that point eleven kids between the two of them, they needed more money to send them to college. So they went back and did a tour, and they did six weeks of like a a, a showing at Barnum. They were like their own act. They also owned slaves. They had two wives that were sisters. They would spend, and they, were, they had two houses and would spend off and on in each house. One of them was chronically ill too. So one of them died and the other one- Just w- had to deal with it? For two hours, then he died. Oh, I was like- He didn't last that long. Jesus. But like his son came and shook him awake and went, hey, uncle's dead. He's like, well, then I'm fucked. And they are from Siam, which is yes. where the term Siamese came from. It came from them specifically? Yeah, that's why, yeah. That's crazy. That's why they're called Siamese twins. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I never thought that it would be one pair that really... Again, they had never seen a Chinese lady before. And she then, would just hang out and tell stories. And then we have the fat man yeah. who tells P.T. Barnum, I'm 500 pounds. And P.T. Barnum goes, what? You're 750 pounds. Whoa, that guy is so good natured. <laughs> he was so jolly. What is he up to? The whole time, he just seems really into what's going on. He loved Like He was there. just like excited to be there, excited to meet Hugh Jackman. We have, I'm going to save my favorite for last. Um, we have Captain Constantinus. That's the fucking tattoo guy. <laughs> the tattoo man. Captain George Constantinus. Constantinus. Who, his whole thing was that he was like, I was kidnapped by Asian people and they tattooed me. I think about him that I like is that the, uh, the Yorkshire giant, the like tall man mm-hmm. that they had at that time. Because yeah. the, the Barnum Circus also spanned right. a long amount of time. Right. They got in a fight and he kicked this dude's ass because he said something mean about like a woman in front of him. And the Yorkshire giant, I believe his name was. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Colonel Colonel oh. Ruth Goshen just kicked his ass. <laughs> it's really funny to me. And then we have the human cannonball. Never saw him. I don't. Re- I, is that just he's very dense? Is that just. He's willing to do it? Is that just Gonzo from the Muppets? I mean. We have one person who's just labeled woman in gold. Yes, she's hot. What's her, what's her deal? Her outfit looked great. She was black. She was, I mean, she was black with like a shaved head. And I was like, I guess that's enough. But what was her thing? <laughs> that, I think. What was her thing? And then finally, who's the Asian dude dressed up like a fucking, like a bug? I want to know about him. What's his story? I couldn't find anything on him. Anyway, then we have Timothy Hughes as the strong man. And at one point I leaned over to Natalie and went, is that the hot buff tall ensemble guy from Town, And if you have seen the original Broadway cast of Town, you know exactly who the fuck I'm talking about. The people that Delaney was able to like, immediately identify really should flesh out what her type is in men. Shut the fuck up. They're both hot. Sorry. And so we're talking about Timothy Hughes and Will Swenson. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. They're the two that you immediately went, I'm sorry. So then he renames the thing Barnum Circus. Yes. And he meets this young hot playwright who just apparently has a lot of money to spend and he's looking to do shit. It's Philip Carlyle, who is not real. But is, I believe, people like to say he's Bailey. He's not necessarily Bailey, but he's, I think, an amalgamation of the fact that later in P.T. Barnum's life, all of his business partners were the age, like, old enough to be his sons. He had very young business partners. Phil Carlyle, again, really thought this was going to be the the Zacassons. The Ephronissons? The Ephronissons. <laughs> now, we have to talk about this. The Ephronissons, yes. We have to talk about what they took from us. <laughs> <laughs> Before COVID, Natalie and I, we had light in our eyes. We had hope. 
We had dreams. We had ideas. We were junior year college students. And <laughs> the musical theater organization on I our campus. I just gotten back from my little musical theater beach program. <laughs> I was directing a musical. We thought we were going into theater forever. We were ready. We went, this is a stable industry this that will thing- be around. <laughs> it is like February of 2020. It truly was. It is like, like weeks. It is February of 2020. The musical theater organization on our college campus goes, we are having a movie musical cabaret. So people come in and audition to basically just sing a song from any movie musical. Yes. Whatever. I don't, I guess it was your idea. I remember it was. I don't remember how the idea came about. Sounds about right. Or if you just had it. Because there were a lot of movie musicals we could have done. But somehow. That one I just thought, I think maybe I was like, it'd be fun to dress up in just hot showman outfits. And we landed on doing The Other Side. It's also. It's a great song. A bop. It's a good, again, these songs are catchy as fuck. It's a bop. I think this one might be the best musical theater song. I love I love a good, like, it's not necessarily a patter song, but I love something that has, like, lyrics. Well, and I think <laughs> this is the only song that progresses the story. Because I think and I think that's the difference between a good musical theater song and just a song written to be catchy. Right. Is that it has to progress the plot in some way. That's the point of musicals. You, you, you is that you have point. to progress the pl- plot in a way where words can no longer do it. You so you have, have to break into song. You gotta do it, guys. You gotta. Um, yes. This song slaps. I will concede that. Song slaps. Bartender in it, hot, and he slaps. <laughs> but Natalie and I were fully, like, when Ready. COVID hit... We were rehearsing. We had Funko Pops. We had, within a week, we went to Target and they had both. Yeah. Like me, fi- me being Barnum and you being Carlisle. A Philip Carlisle and a P.T. Barnum Funko Pop. And we bought them and went, this will age incredibly. I still have them. It, it just, it fit our vibes really well. Yeah. It's a fun song. And, and I know. <sighs> easy song. It's an easy song. And unfortunately, I, I just said it fit our vibes really well. And now I'm going to talk about how sexually charged this song is. Yeah. That's not what we mean. Yeah. They they go to his daughter gets her fucking shoes because his his little. Because now he just makes money. There, everyone was like, I got to see this. So she goes to a ballet thing and all the girls make fun of her for being new money and peanuts smelling, whatever the fuck. And for <laughs> some reason, Philip Carlyle's there. He just loves ballet recitals. And he's like, I need a rich guy and then people will respect my daughter. Right. It, it's, it's less to like get more investment and more to add prestige. Yeah, he, he is going to Philip Car- Carlyle to add. He wants old money. Yeah. He's very new money. He wants old money. And so <laughs> this, they, he takes him to a bar. They have this little song where he goes, I, I can show you things you've never thought of before. <laughs> they literally, here's my thing. They the have a other shot. side. They have a shot yeah. that is such a classic sensual film shot where we look through Hugh Jackman's open spread legs and see Zac Efron's face. That is used in The Fucking Graduate when, a, when two characters are about to fuck. Hot. And we are seeing these two men talking about business. Business. <laughs> We're seeing them do this very classic sensual shot. That and they do the thing of like they walk towards each other and stop just close of each other looking at each other. Silence. Also, I will Music. say, I think my favorite harmony in this song is in, in this movie is in this song. Yeah. I think this is the part we auditioned with. Yeah. They're doing shots. They do so many shots. The ride. 
It's okay. It's it's, it's clean. I will I will concede that this is a clean. It's good also song. like well shot. I think that this aside from the very sensual. I don't know shot. what you mean aside. What aside are you talking about? And yeah. it, and it is both Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman doing what they're good at, which is being charismatic and sexy. This movie and that bartender is great. Did what we all knew and went because I think after High School Musical. We went, we have to make this guy a very classic heartthrob. We have to put him in rom-coms. We have to put him in Nicholas Sparks <laughs> movies. Again. I think that Michael Gracie looked at Zac Efron and went, people fucking love when you dance around like a silly little boy. They do. And I do. He was right. And I like when he comes from money. <laughs> I like it when he dances around, sings about his feelings. Because he can afford to. Has a breakup song. Yeah. Like, this is, I think, peak Zac Efron. This is, I mean, look, I, I and I can say this because he's not a real guy. Philip Carlyle's hot as hell. Oh, yeah. When he puts on that hat, he, he's like, okay, I'll train you yeah. to be my partner. Whatever. Not, uh, not a true partner. He no. just has like, He's like, I want 15% stake. and he goes, why not ask for nickels on the dime? That's 50% PT. That's a lot more than he's asking for, <laughs> but fine. And then as soon as he walks into the circus to see what all of this shit's about. Look at all these people. Fun. Do, 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 and then something in slow motion. Because they're, I guess, doing trapeze practice. <laughs> <laughs> and she comes up right in front of him and he looks trapeze. into her eyes. Trapeze, the very famously fast moving. What a, what a weird uh, trapeze thing too. Because what, she's just going to go up to whoever is in that and box go, at the time. And, and then she goes back down. Almost touch him and then... <laughs> Looks her in the eyes. They're in love now. In love. We get, look. Zac Efron's character doesn't see race. I do like this storyline. I get it. I think it's a good little uh, B-plot. There is no development in between here and them holding hands at the opera. None. It's just they think the other is hot. He knows he doesn't need me. He's like, I'm Zac Efron. She's Zendaya. Yeah. We know what's going on. Anne wouldn't have initiated it, but like she was like, yeah, this hot, rich, are, white guy's touching me. Yeah. In this room, we are the two hottest people. We are the hottest people in this room by far. They basically- She has the best outfits. Oh, she does. She did training to like do her she own stunts. She did her stunts. own stunts. Yeah. She didn't do all of them, but she did like a good, she did enough of them. Right. And then suddenly the circus is incredibly successful. <laughs> Philip Carlyle goes, oh, I'm glad I did this now. And they go, you're going to meet the fucking queen. But like also Philip pulled those strings. He was like, I know people. Yeah. For you to just meet the queen. Sure. So they go, they meet the queen. They all go, which is weird because that changes so fast. But they're like, we are not, we're the, not going if everyone can't go. Yeah. We're all, they we, all everyone's go. going together. And then they go... Also, we're going to have this Swedish singer join us. Jenny Lind is just like, oh, I'm also here Jenny Lind is there. Don't mind me. She's played by Rebecca Ferguson, who I do love. Rebecca Ferguson, you are so pretty. How are you? You were not famous enough in 2017 to not do the singing. (laughs) I am a Swedish nightingale. Hello. Like, I understand that we need someone who's like a singer to sing this part. But it's not like they dubbed over the singing for like a super big actress who had like. Right. I'm, I'm just more confused. Not Emma Watson. Yeah. And I think she does good in the role. I'm just, as from a producer's standpoint, just being like, why, why not just get one person who can do both? Right. If you're not going to, like, use it as a stunt casting. Right. She sings. Everyone's like, oh my God, they're great singers. They go to a party and PT's like, not you guys. Which again. I don't I, think she sings yet. During her song, Philip's parents see him and Anne holding Oh, this hands. is when we're already back. We are back from England. Sure. Yeah. 
Because he reaches, he talks to her in England. He's like, hey, you should. And she goes, okay, I'll come sing my song. She's like, I actually give all my money to charity, so I don't. Mm. And he's cool. That's my wife. This is now. This is true. <laughs> and honestly, Jenny Link gets done dirty in this because she did absolutely. She donated everything she had to sweet to Swedish charity. She was big in getting ed- education. Okay, yeah. And she hated him. And so when he like showed up, he was like, hey, I want to do this. And she was like, okay, well, I'm gonna write up a contract and. They had like negotiations on like she could leave after a certain number of, of shows if she paid out a sum. And then when once they went back and started doing their tour, he was making so much money that she was like, I want to redo the contract. I want more money because mm-hmm. I want to get as much money to my charity as possible. And you're making much more off of me than I thought you would. And he does. He makes a lot of money off of Jenny Lind because they're like, wow, she sings. And she's just so, so white. She's just so white and normal. Looking. Oh my goodness. Look at this white, able-bodied and lady so they, singing. They start building this thing of like, oh, he cares more about Jenny and puts all of his en- energy towards Jenny yeah. as a performer than the people who build he wants his business. The prestige. Because there's one dude who's like, I don't like your work and just keeps following him around. And it's Schuler Hensley. Yeah. Just keeps it's, following him around writing stuff like, I'm not a fan of this man. It's Schuler Hensley. Mm-mm-mm. Why is Schuler Hensley in this? Um, so during her song, Philip, yes. Philip and Zendaya hold hands and Zac Efron and Zendaya hold hands. His parents look at him and he goes, shit. I also, the shine of a thousand spotlights. So this is an opera song that was written when they knew what light, like they, they during electricity, they had yes. electric lights. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's your point? And then PT Barnum's like, you guys, you guys go do your thing. I'm going to go hang I'm out gonna with go this to pretty the fancy lady. party. Bye guys. That clearly probably only invited me and not my 15 friends. I'm going to sneak off to this. Yeah. Philip Carlisle is like, should we put them in the box? He goes, no, too visible. Philip's like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, Peach Barnum could have handled this better. <laughs> no, I don't want people looking at him. And so then they do their little Camp Rock the Final Jam dance. He shoves them out the door. She's like, go on. <laughs> and they're like, I Camp Rock. Him. And then they, they go... Now's the time to break into song. Yeah, and then they—that's I will. Uh, they do their little camp rock. Nothing changes for them. <laughs> They're like, yeah, and then they just go do their show. And, and then they, and then changed. and then as they do the show, because the song the song continues into them doing the show. They're doing the show and getting heckled, and then yeah. Because um, Zac Efron is now like standing in P.T. Barnum's place. He's holding Zendaya's hand, and like they're bowing and they're getting shit thrown at them. To which I said. Those people had to pay to get in, right? Like yeah. they're heckling them and throwing shit at them, but they had to buy tickets. There's a right? brawl. We saw a brawl briefly in There's the streets. A brawl. Um, this movie is rated PG for brawls for um, thematic elements, including a brawl. That's what Disney there Plus said. Two brawls. So which brawl did they consider <laughs> PG? And then that like intercuts with P.T. Barnum on tour, like holding Jenny Lynn's hand and getting fucking fla- loose flowers Ooh, thrown at him. Look at me and his wife and children. <laughs> He leaves it. He leaves his wife because she has her, her song. And we also get that extended cut of the girl just chasing that carriage. <laughs> like, girl, he, he goes off on tour with Jenny. Lind. And we had captions on because I'm I, I am deaf, and so we <laughs> literally he literally goes go go go. <laughs> I think the of hates his kids. Helen and another one. Helen and Caroline. Caroline. And then Philip and Anne. Anne is already mad at Philip. Just yeah. because racism, just because he was like, we can't be like, because he, he dropped her hand because he keeps being like, we all, have to be together. All too well. 10 minute version. <gasps> the music video is about Phil Carlo. Give he dropped her hand. Back. He dropped her fucking hand. Um, so then he takes her to the theater. She goes, there's a ticket. Like, I think there's a ticket for me. And they're like two. And, 
And she's like, there should only be one. And then he appears and goes, no, there's two. No, there should be two. I don't think you'd come with me if I told you I was going to be so here. So I trick you the way that you should when you're wooing They someone. go to the theater together. She's like, I've always wanted did, to go to the theater. Did she get like a letter that said, hey, I have a ticket for you. Signed, PTs. P.S. Europe, Europe tour is going great. Signed, Finn. <laughs> yeah, good, old, good old buddy Finn. Good old Phineas. Um, and then they walk up the stairs and oh ho ho, Philip Carlyle's parents are also on the stairs. Are leaving? <laughs> did, did they see a show before them? I'm so bummed out she doesn't even make, now her dress is hideous. I'm so bummed out she doesn't even make it up the stairs. She's like, I've always wanted to do this. Not even halfway up the staircase. And, and then they like, go, you're walking around with the, the help. help. Because it's PG and we can't say anything worse. What's the thing? They, they say one slur, yeah. but it's a very, it's one, it's the slur that people don't know is a slur. Yeah. So they're able to get away. It's the, the slur <laughs> where every Halloween I'm you always like, You have to go, like, hey. Oh. Hey, 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 hey. Oh. Um, yeah, they're like, oh. Uh, she runs away. He goes, suddenly we're in the circus. Oh, no, no, and nothing. you've changed your entire outfit. She went, I have to go trapeze. <laughs> this is going to go great in my trapeze work. Now look, her brother's not even there. Her brother's part of her act. <laughs> She's like, my, they're on the trapeze that night. He's like, you brought a weird energy. You brought like a really intense energy to the trapeze. This song is hot. Yeah. And again, I think, and I think in my notes I have, it's not even that the song is good. It's that, this, it's that this song has the benefit of having, I think, two of the hottest people to ever exist <laughs> sing it and have insane chemistry. And they're like, and, and they're they flying have, around. They have incredible chemistry. They're flying around. They're like, oh, this, I think it's really fun. And I think it's good representation that Zendaya is always put with short men. Yeah. She's always taller. She's so tall. She's, and the thing is, I don't even think she's that tall. <laughs> I just think that, because that Gifford is, I think, maybe 5'8". He's little. He's and then Tom Holland boy. is like, Five, six. Zendaya looks so fucking good. Oh, yeah. All the time. Pink hair looks great on her. And then when her hair is down, it looks great. And she did, again, her own stunt. So she did a lot of, like, Lyra hoop work. Did this. So, like, she just looks incredible. Her outfits are adorable. I'm, like, I'm obsessed with this era of Zendaya. You know I want you. Yeah, it does. It's not a secret. I try to hide. It it is an abrupt start. I (laughs) I will say that. It starts kind of out of nowhere. And again, it's pop music. It's still yeah. a pop song. So literally, she's like, I can't. We're the thing that makes it's the, too difficult. The thing that makes this song hot is the choreography. Yeah. It's them being body to body on a fucking rope. At one point, she like pulls it and then just goes straight yeah. up. At one point, she grabs him and they go straight. It's they like they're about to kiss and then pew. And then they're just like flying around. And Tom Holland saw that as a, 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 a however old he would have been. They would have been together at this point. <laughs> and he went... Because this, this movie came out after, or the same year as the first Tom Holland Spider-Man. I don't know what the fuck time is. I know. I know. I, I love them. I think they're, mother, they're one of my favorite I wonder if they did couples. like acrobatic training together. <laughs> they were like, let's practice. They sing this whole song. It's hot. And then and she it does nothing. It, does, it doesn't progress the plot at all. She just goes, I know we just confessed our love and really want to fuck right now, but I've, I'm it, gonna it can't s- happen. I'm going to sing the first verse back to you acapella, <laughs> and it's taken on a new meaning. It's a little bit sad now. Which is just the meaning that I had at the beginning. Which is, believe it or not, we cannot cure racism in the Civil War <laughs> with one song. And then over over on Finn, Finn Finn's side of the, the world. Of the pond. Um, Finn, the other side of the pond. So um, stones throw away. Now, all... again, I have to express, he did he did this tour with Jenny Lynn right. happened in America. He did this European tour <laughs> with Tom Thumb. <laughs> 
And Jenny Lind in real life did not kiss him. No, she didn't like him. She and so and this is the thing. So she's like, oh, smoochy, smoochy, smoochy. Well, no, she tries to do smoochy, smoochy, smoochy. It's so basically she goes, I like you, and yeah. he goes, I'm married. I thought we had an understanding here. Yeah. I just didn't. I am just very sexy with you as a boss. <laughs> She was like, I fell asleep on you on the carriage and you didn't do anything about it. Like I thought you and I have only seen each other because it's the civil war. <laughs> um, and he goes, no. And she goes, okay, then I quit. This I, tour. Quit. I quit. I'm going to go do the show, but I quit. And so she, she does the whole show. They have, does again, new meaning. I assume the same song, the same song. And it's so breathy and like, and it's like good acting. But I was like, yeah, if you were going to see an opera, this would you don't have the context. And he goes out. Because I guess every show he bows with her yeah. for some reason. I don't know. He goes to bow with her and she kisses him. And Why? And all of the, you see all the photographs go off, all the little cameras go click, click. She does it to get him photographed. Because she does not think it's going to win him over. He goes, what was that? And she goes, it was goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it was her being spiteful. Yeah. And then also later, when we see that this gets published in the newspapers, it's a fucking drawing! It's a beautiful lithograph. It's, a, it's not even some wonderful lithography. Someone did a doodle. A little doodle. Someone saw the photograph and went, I'm going to I'm gonna sketch this. The real Jenny Lind left. Mm. She didn't even leave. So first of all, she didn't quit. She left his management and finished the tour out on her own because tickets were selling out so quickly that he started auctioning them off and was selling them for exorbitant prices. And she was pissed because she was like, you should sell them. She truly... Uh, R.I.P. Jenny Lind, you would have hated Ticketmaster. She straight <laughs> up was like, you should be selling more tickets for a cheaper price so that more people can come to this. There's no reason to like make it a whole thing. And he's like, nah, I'm good. So around halfway through or so, she was like, they parted on, on fine terms, but she was like, I don't agree with your management style. I will finish this tour out. You'll get paid. I think she probably had to pay out whatever she agreed to pay right. out. Um, and then she did it on her own for the rest of the tour. She made $350,000 in that time money. That's crazy. P.T. Barton made $500,000 in that time money, um, which works out to be $16 million today. Jeez. They made a lot of money. And then he lost it all investing in clocks. <laughs> what? <laughs> he put a lot of money into a clock company and they went bankrupt. And boop. All clocks? Clocks. Clock company. Go, hold on. What? <laughs> yeah. And so he, he's like, oh, whoops, I'm going to go. And he leaves. And then he shows back up at the train station. I guess he sent a letter or something because they're waiting for him. They're like, oh my god, you're back. He's like, yep, just felt like it. Then why charity. are we painting her as the fucking... It's a shame, because like the more I learned about it, I was like, this is a shame that we're trying to... She finished out the tour. She didn't do anything wrong. She had like a proper management. She redrafted her contract to make sure she was getting the right amount of money. Like, it was... She was a girl boss. No, I'm mad. It was called Lind Mania in the United States, because people went absolute batshit for her. And from everything, and genuinely from everything I read, I do not think they would have no. been involved because I genuinely don't think she liked him. I don't think anyone liked him. Also, he, he was ugly. <laughs> Barnum goes home and yeah. goes, oh no, my circus is on fire. Oh my, yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm home, guys. People are running. Luckily, they have the good old announcer man who runs by and goes, it's coming from the circus. <laughs> oh no. We've got to go that way. Um, but it's like the protesters and the troop got into a fight and then just set everything on fire. Yeah. We see people die. Definitely see we people die. We almost see Philip die. Philip runs in to save Anne. And absolutely should have died. 
Because she's not in there. She's not in there. He goes and's running from down the street. I don't know where she was. He goes to save Anne and she's not in there. Beautiful little thing where he like, he's looking for Anne. He asks WD where she is. And WD makes the first move, her brother, to run and they all stop him. Yeah. From running into the thing. And Philip goes. (laughs) And Philip's like, I'll take care of it. He's like, I'm a fucking white guy. And Cameron goes, that's not going to (laughs) work. And so he pulls out Philip. He's, he's, he should have died. Collapses on them. They both should be dead. I also like when he runs up, he runs up to his little, we get a quick little shot, the business partner of him going, the animals. And he's like, we had to let them go. And I'm like, thank you for updating us, I guess, on that. Jenny Lind has canceled the rest of her tour. Again, we knew that. She told him. Yeah, I just, she was the news didn't that. get over here until later, I guess. And he's shocked that they he's have shocked. a picture of them kissing. <laughs> He's, he both heard that she was quitting and saw people take a picture he of her. He surprised Pikachu face the whole movie. <laughs> and then um, Charity goes, hey, our house is being foreclosed. And also you kissed that Swedish girl. Yes. Now, again, real life clocks. A lot of clock investing. <laughs> he also, he also when he like went back, he held baby contests. He held like dog shows and stuff and whatever. But he, his most popular event, he held this babies contest, contest where you bring in your babies and you get an award for fattest baby. Okay, so I've got, I've got two things. Enhancement boys. One, him investing in clocks. That's Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, that's a Tim Robbins and I think you should leave sketch is baby of the year. <laughs> he where literally you, had baby where pageants. you bring in a baby and they just go, that's the baby. No, you run. That's an I think you should leave he sketch. You would win for fattest baby. And so Charity goes, I'm taking the kids. Going back to my... My, my, my shitty parents. Going to my sister's house. To my shitty parents who don't like us. Yeah. But my father shaved his face. <laughs> and I guess now they're like, oh, you've made money. Good my job. My shitty so. parents who don't like us, but are also very passive about your involvement <laughs> in my life. <laughs> PT goes to the bar to drink his uh, I And Tom Thumb just walks over on top of the bar. Hops up. Sup, guy. Sits on his top hat. As a chair. His, I think, second top hat. I think somewhere in the events... There's a somewhere, top hat. Somewhere in the events of this movie, he trades his father's top hat for a shiny, for top, a shiny hat. top hat. A show top hat. A showman top hat, if you will. No, and I... One of my biggest questions. I believe this is the bar that the other side happened at. Yes. Does he own this bar? I don't think so. And I know that you say you don't think so. <laughs> but everyone walks in. They're all like, we're all here. We all... Love you, I guess. <laughs> None of us are going to buy a drink. <laughs> None of us feel bad about this. We're all good. And he goes, dope. I'm alone in this bar. Drinks for everyone. And a different bartender comes out, starts serving drinks, and he starts singing. Not at all. No, <laughs> no reason to start singing. He starts singing. And as he sings, he walks across the bar to a wall of his life story. Why does the bar have that if it's not his <laughs> bar? It is, there's a picture of just him, his wife, and his children hung up on the wall. Where'd they get that? Choreography yeah. of this is fun. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't, it's, I don't not like this song. From the It's fine. The choreography kind of slaps. Um, Hugh Jackman's doing that. The event. choreography slaps, especially once he leaves the bar and we just keep cutting back to like the people from the, the show just partying. <laughs> Can you tell how we don't know any of the words, but we know all the musical? Oh, I was gonna say I do know them. I thought that that was us trying to trying to somehow skirt fair use. Yeah, you know how if we don't say the, the words, the feds are after us. You can do as much as you want. 
Yeah, they, but he, yeah, they're he, like he, they inspire him. We to just believe get in back you. in it. We know you abandoned us. You won't let us be seen. It. We uh, believe in Philip you. Carlyle wakes up in the hospital with Anne. He's like, "Damn, Zendaya's here. That's crazy." And then they're like, "Okay, we have to bring back the surgicus." And they're like, "But how? The building how? burned down." And <laughs> and he gets his wife and kids back. He gets his wife and kids back. They sing. They both sing an acapella. Line oh no! <laughs> it's awful. And she, however big, however, like this isn't even a conversation. Um, and then he goes, did you know that this was the line or did you just happen to say the line right before he said the line? Which one? Oh, uh, we need a tent. All we need is a tent. Yeah. No, I just said that. He, she, like, he was like, we, he was like, we can do a circus anywhere. We can do it by the, 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 the dock. And Natalie goes, yeah, all you need is a tent. And he goes, we just need a tent. Yes. At this point, he's 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> what? In, in terms of P.T. Barnum lore, he started doing tents at 60. <laughs> Because uh, what happened in real life is that the, uh, the the his museum did burn down. It was because he was doing pro union speech, and some Confederates were not happy about it, so, so they set fire to his museum. I can't tell what this guy's deal is. It's is he he yeah because he ran for he ran for office and right. he when he ran for office was like I had slaves I beat my slaves I did worse and I was like Jesus Christ and they went we should elect him for two terms but to Senate governor. I don't remember. Just in office? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to <laughs> find it out. It's okay. Um, but he had like, because he had some of his acts were like, and this is the weird thing, is that he did- Connect- Connecticut legislature. Yeah. That's why I was just like an office. Like, it's not clear. <laughs> he did some like cool stuff. Like one of the things he did is he had a woman who had been a spy for the union just do, do talks. Mm-hmm. And like Tom Thumb had like a stand-up routine. Like they like had like other like there and so because but because he was so pro union he was also a fucking teetotaler like a baby, mm-hmm. um, Confederates set fire to his museum, and burned it. This is that he spoke in support of the Thirteenth Amendment. Yeah, it's really confusing. I don't think he know and and I'm sure that's part of like the showman thing where it's like he just said what people wanted to hear. But well, it's that, and he he genuinely was brilliant. It literally says he was both political parties. He was brilliant at advertising. He also was both political parties. This is, I think, also the around the, when they switched. Democratic Republican started kind of becoming that would that was that would be around Lincoln, but yeah, still. But no, yeah. So they're like, we we need a circus. He's like, they won't give me any money because of all the embezzlement I did. And Philip Carlyle's like, don't worry, I'm rich and I've been saving money. We'll be fine. However, I don't have enough money for a building. How much money does he have then? And he's like, we can do a tent. We can do a tent. Tent's mm-hmm. fine. The reason I say this is because in real life, it was Tom Thumb who bailed him out. It was Tom fucking Thumb who bailed him out of bankruptcy. I can't express how much this guy kind of rocked. He had his own tours at that point. He did plays in London. He was very wealthy. And so he showed up because he, he had been bankrupt. And he was like, all right, like right, I'll do a tour with you. And he was able to recoup his money because he went on a tour with Tom Thumb. He also made the first aquarium ever. This is also around when he would get Jumbo. Jumbo. Jumbo got hit by a car and died almost instantly. Oh. Um, and he is literally the, where the word Jumbo comes from, which is crazy to me. I think I did know that. That was just his name. And then that's where all like Jumbo shrimp. That's him. No, Jumbo. And then Jumbo ended up being hit by a train. Oh, so not a car. No. Sorry. Okay. A, so- loco- a locomotive. <laughs> but I'm just picturing like a fucking Prius hitting Jumbo. Well, there were not Priuses. And him just toppling. And he died almost immediately. Oh. Um, and P.T. Barnum, because mm-hmm. he's P.T. Barnum, he was genuinely a genius at advertising mm-hmm. because he, he then went, oh no, my elephant. And he told the story that there was actually a younger, smaller elephant, which he did have. Guess the elephant's name. 
Jumbo Jr. Tom Thumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, I am 99% positive that it is, in fact, the human Tom Thumb that bailed him out of bankruptcy. I don't think it was the small elephant, but it could have been. <laughs> Is this the tiny elephant that we see Tom Thumb Hypothetically, on in the final number? He tells the story that there was an elephant, a young, small elephant on the tracks, and Jumbo ran out and moved that elephant, and that's why Jumbo got hit. It was to save the smaller elephant. Yes, Barnum donated the uh, stuffed Jumbo to Tufts University, but it was destroyed in a fire. So mm. if you saw like a, any kind of... It would no, be it, was ju- it was just a statue. The only parts that they have are they have his remains in a, uh, a 14-ounce Peter Pan crunchy peanut butter jar uh, that they keep in the office of the Tufts athletic director. And then uh, his taxidermy tail, which they keep at Tufts Digital Collections and Archives. I did not see that when I went Those to are the only remaining pieces of Jumbo. Um, Dumbo in Dumbo was actually named Jumbo, and his mother is Mrs. Jumbo, and they called him Dumbo as an insult. Was Jumbo... Was was Dumbo Tom Thumb? Thumb Thumb, the tiny elephant? I don't know, maybe. Maybe. But yeah, he's like, we'll be fine, they get a tent. All of a sudden, so much stuff. Lions, where'd they get those? Everyone's dancing, they're like, this is great, we're all doing good, we're all... Ooh, this is the greatest show, woohoo. This is the greatest We do get a sick-ass shot of, like, they're all doing their thing. Zach Efron's like, it's your turn to go out. And he goes, he I goes, have to spend time with my children. They my hate me. stupid kids. I hate them so much and they my hate me My daughter's in the middle of a ballet recital. I need to borrow an elephant. He, he hands him what I assume is the fancy hat. Yes, the show he hat. He puts on his dad's hat because now he's putting on his dad hat. But then he has a snow hat on later. <laughs> but Zac Efron does have this nice shot where he's in like a normal suit. Yeah. But then he kind of does like a little cartwheel. Runs in, into, little twist. And like does a little twist and is now in like In the, like a full and a new suit. It's like in, in subtle, the full P.T. Barnum outfit. But it's like a full P.T. Barnum. And now like, he has taken over as the showman. And then him and, I think him and Zendaya like kiss. Ma- and I'm like, yo, it's still the Civil <laughs> still- War. I also, so I, when I first saw this, I thought there was going to be some kind of thing of him being disfigured in the fire. Oh, no. There wasn't. No. He just gets a cute little cut. But I'm like, that would have, I feel like, been interesting. thematically been interesting. It's too much for this dumb movie. Too thematic. I was like, okay, it's too interesting. Like, you it's could too have... much thought. This movie doesn't want anyone to think. I was like, so then it's like, okay, well, this is why. And I'm like, this... then you could have that kind of like, then it would, I guess, make sense why all of a sudden they're like, and now our relationship works. We're fine. This, this movie banks on the fact that no one will think. That they will just like shapes and colors and catchy songs. I do like those things. I know. But... I do like when Zac Efron does a little twirl. <laughs> Um, they are developing a stage musical. They are developing um, a stage musical. Do you know who... Nobody is cast yet. Yes. And nothing has been announced. It's not even listed on the Pasek and Paul page. No, because my information comes from the black market of uh, Broadway. Delaney also brought home a human arm from the black market <laughs> of Broadway. <laughs> it was in Gypsy. Wow. Um, but it's it's fr- it's not been like publicly announced. Like People know it's in development, yeah. but the fact that it's actively being worked on now... Like, it's been in development since this movie came out. It's so stupid um, to me but doing this. from my sources, they are actively working on it, trying to get it up in the next year or so. With Joshua Henry as P.T. Barnum? It's going to be very Moulin Rouge-esque. Being you a- can't just make the character black and then be like, we saw... We- I know. We're good. I know. We're good. You can't just put Joshua Henry in a role and go, we're good. We handled it. I know. It's... It's That's one of those things where, where colorblind casting 
Cowbond cussing is a great thing, but sometimes it literally makes your show have no point. It's used as a crutch a lot. Right. They're like, oh, we can just pretend that he didn't. Owen Slaves. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's like Hamilton. No, no it's not. Not really. Especially, and especially with the race plot. I was going to say, especially with there being an interracial plot to this. <laughs> How's that going to work? I don't know. Maybe it won't get legs, but I'm sure it will because this movie made, um, weirdly enough, the same amount of money that Black Adam did. In All the fin- money? It, every dollar that's ever been printed, this movie made. No, it had an $84 million budget and, um, and 60 million of it went to those bad elements. And <laughs> He and does ride an elephant to his daughter's ballet recital, which feels like taking attention away from your daughter. This made $435 million at the box office. Again, when it, and, and the fact that it came out in December, I think also helps kind I mean, of yeah, well, push, the- will push why I thought it was the greatest snowman. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so. Okay, go fucking head. Ruin my day. So this is going to be interesting because this is a, this is me returning with a mini game. A mini game, which we That did- we only do during basic and <laughs> <laughs> a, a mini game that we only did during Pace and Paul episodes. A mini game where I didn't even explain it last time. We just jumped right into it. I will read musical theater lines to you from songs right. with as little feeling and emotion as possible. You need to tell me where it's from. Right. This category is musicals based on movies. Okay. So last time movies. it was movie musicals. This time it is musicals. Based this on is movies. stage musicals. If you based on movies, you read lyrics to "Stupid with Love" from Mean Girls the Musical. I swear to fucking God. Okay, go ahead. I'm just putting that out here so you that when may, I'm right later. <laughs> you may kill this. You may not. I'm not sure. That's what you said last time, yeah. I know. And I didn't. Something, some of these are on purpose, just like. Impossible. Me being a little, little stinker. Okay. Number one. Okay. Have you guys seen Lolita? This is just like that, but fine. Something where someone wants to fuck an old man. Based on movies. I don't know if I'd argue Lolita won't. I shut the fuck up. <laughs> Can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. Have all these been on Broadway? No. This is Clueless? This one has been on Broadway though. Fuck. <laughs> Um, I think like two of these have not. You have seen this one. Have I? Yes. It's not Tootsie. Is it Tootsie? Oh. This is creepy old guy from Beetlejuice. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) You're so right. Uh, You're so right. (laughs) You're so right for that. You're so right for that? Okay. Okay. You have just been killed. She cut your throat to grab your coat. Yes, you've got guts, but now they're spilled. That's not also Beetlejuice? No. Okay. Oh my god, this is harder than it was last time. Is this the Evil Dead musical? No. Fuck, is it? Is the original movie a horror movie? No. Okay. Have I seen this? Blood in the Water from Legally Blonde. You're choosing songs you know I skip! I'm sorry, that song rocks. No, it doesn't, and you know it. No, it doesn't. I hate you. Those were my gimmies, so I'm getting a No, lot. they were not. No, no. Through these walls I build, these gates I protect, something new I didn't notice I was hoping for. Nothing is as beautiful as something that you don't expect. This is Shrek. No. <laughs> they could be, though. I know! <laughs> the lyrics in Shrek slap. <laughs> Can you read it again? Through these walls I build, these gates I protect, something new I didn't notice I was hoping for. Nothing is as beautiful as something that you don't expect. Jesus Christ. You made this hard this time. It was hard last time. I know, but this one's harder. You might quit this mini game when I tell no, you what no, this no, is. No, 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 no. When you tell me what this is, yeah. this isn't Moulin Rouge. No. Because that's a jukebox musical. And I think you also did it last time. Yes. Okay, if I'm gonna. I believe most. I, mean, I believe. Don't expect. All, almost all of these are. Is this from Finding Neverland? No. Almost all of these are not originally musicals. Okay. Like musical movies. Okay. Now, they may be movies that you don't know are based off movies. I, I will. Yeah. Is this band's visit? Yes! <laughs> 
light. This is Omar Sharif. From Ben's visit. The light in her eyes. This is Ben's visit. You know, okay. Okay. He ran from me. Literally ran from me. And being Kenyan, he ran fast. This one is, it's not an issue of you guessing it. I just want everyone to know that that's a line that went into a musical. And do you, and do you realize how much I know you, that you announced that this was musicals based on movies? And I went, as soon as you say a line from Stupid with Love from, from Me Girls, Girls the, the musical, musical. This is a line that was written to a modern musical. In 2018? Written, and if you see any bootlegs of Me Girls, they sing that line and there's always, with their whole chest, a weird dad that laughs. And everyone's just like... I, I, I'm shocked that it hasn't been written out. I'm no. shocked that they kept it. It's in there. It's whole chest. It's there. <laughs> How? How is no one more angry about it? That's crazy. I mean, I do love, I learned math so I could learn love. Because even though I know that they're not implying that she thought step one was math, step two was love. It's what it sounds like. Like she only learned math so that she could figure out love. What came over me was something new. I did things I've never done before. And now I wish there's something I could do or say I've never, ever felt this way. I can almost tell by your face. You guys can all see it. It's a video podcast. <laughs> is this a woman singing this? Yes. Is this a recent musical? No. No. What do you consider recent? Past five years. It's also not the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> can you read it again? Uh, what came over me was something new. I did things I've never done before. And now I wish there's something I could do or say. I've never, ever felt this way. This isn't Heather's. No. Fuck. This isn't Hairspray. Nope. Have I seen this? I can't say for sure if I know you've seen it live, but I know you've seen this. I know that you know this musical very well. <laughs> Falsettos isn't based on a movie, so nope. I know it's not Falsettos. <laughs> I can't, like, I can't even get a melody in my head. Yeah, I know. <sighs> well enough, one might even say that you might have wanted to direct this at some point. This is Carrie? This is World According to Chris from Carrie. See, here's the fun thing, is I was fully ready to direct Carrie. I did not know the musical as well as I knew Spelling Bee, and yeah. I think that's why I chose to direct Spelling Bee. Um, I really knew the bass story. The songs are just okay. And I was like, that's for my musical director to figure out. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. No, I'm not mad. I didn't get that one, honestly. <laughs> the stewardesses, they always wonder, doesn't matter where I roam. She asks, are you one of Santa's elves? And I say, ma'am, I am a gnome. Catch me if you can. No. What? No. Ooh, you were so excited. Is there a, I was, yeah, is there there a, a whole, gnome in there? No, there's a whole stewardess song in there. Oh, fuck. Okay, can you read it this again? This is a gnome song. <laughs> You said it, I was like, damn, my God. <laughs> the stewardesses, they always wonder, doesn't matter where I roam. She asks, are you one of Santa's elves? And I say, ma'am, I am a gnome. This from Shrek? No. Oh. <laughs> you know those planes in Shrek? Fuck, man. They have a whole ass If you got this, I'd be shocked. I just really think it's funny. It is recent. It is recent? Recent. Made it to Broadway. Um, does it feature a man dressing up as a woman? No. Okay, so it's not Tootsie. None of these are Tootsie. Or Doubtfire. Or Doubtfire. Okay, great. <laughs> there's a third one too and i can't remember what it was but there's a third one. Oh, it's some like it hot which yeah. is on this season do i know the movie you should bold claim of you to make it's like a pretentious film movie it's a movie movie you know so i don't know if you've seen it's not it. some like it hot no okay but like i'm sure if i said it you'd be like yeah duh, i know that movie no. no it is a man singing through the eyes of a gnome He's singing for his gnome. You're telling me this can't be Gnomeo and Juliet. It's not. If I were to tell you the song is called No Place Like Gnome, would that help you or hurt you? And you're telling me it's not from Gnomeo and Juliet? <laughs> no Place Like Gnome? This song's actually kind of a bop, not gonna lie. This is the dad song from Amelie. 
Oh, fuck that. No. This is the dad's whole thing. No, I have never... The only song I've heard from Amelie is the one that you sing at auditions. There's because there's only one good song. <laughs> yeah. Philippa Sue left Hamilton for that. Uh, do what you need to do till they discover you and make you more than who you're seeing now. Oh, fuck. Oh, this one feels familiar. It is. Fuck you. I'm sorry. <laughs> is this Shrek? No. Okay. None of them are Shrek. I'll just oh, go ahead and bitch. say that. None of them are Shrek. <laughs> you bitch. I did not put Shrek. I didn't even think of Shrek as an option. How dare you? I don't know why. Uh, actually, I do know why. It's because when I I just looked at a Wikipedia article of them, and for some reason it was in two parts. So like once I got to the letter like T, I was like, is that it? And I didn't notice there was a second page. <laughs> so it very well may have been out there at the very end of that page or on the second page. Can you read it one more time? Do what you need to do till they discover you and make you more than who you're seeing now. God, it feels so familiar. It is very familiar. Now, this has not, has not hit Broadway yet. It yet? Is, it is in development, but it is announced. Based on a movie. I, thank you. <laughs> and keep in mind, I said that not most of these are not based off of movies that are musicals. It's not Disney. No. It's not The Greatest Showman. <laughs> One of your favorites. One of my favorite movies? Mm-hmm. That's a musical? Mm-hmm. Or has songs in it. Shrek 2? <laughs> yes, the musical. <laughs> in development. And we're going back to our friends Pasek and Paul. Wait. Oh, fuck, what? This is the La La Land stage musical. Or someone in the crowd. Someone in the crowd. Who you're seeing now. <laughs> They announced this like the second week of February they this did. year. And I blocked it out because I'm fair. viscerally upset about it. That's fair. They won their Oscar. Just let them die. <laughs> <laughs> All I need is you and you forever. All I feel is true and absolute. I don't need a legal deed to help me play my part. Is this also from Creepy Old Guy from Beetlejuice? Yes! No. <laughs> All I need is you and you forever. I don't need a legal deed. <laughs> yes. You have seen this. The musical? Yes. Or the movie? You've seen... I don't know about the movie, but I know you've seen the musical on Broadway. Did I like it? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> is this Big Fish? Yes. <laughs> is this I Don't Need a Yes! Race? satisfying when you get it <laughs> is this the song that won renee ravage that jimmy <laughs> this is, oh my god i was in a production of this i know oh my god Oof. i never even knew a world was waiting somehow something awful made that world appear maybe this sounds crazy but i'm happy that it happened it, it sounds like it's the sound of music but it's not yes the sound of music was based on a musical mm-hmm. and then they adapted new adaptations of the musical to be more like the movie. Um, I I know it. You probably do. I do. Do I know the movie? I don't know. Okay. You know the musical. I know you know the musical. Spongebob. (laughs) Based Based off the Spongebob movie? Yeah, based on the Spongebob movie with David Hasselhoff. I I, I know that cadence. Yes, I know. This, and this is from like the like the big song from it, which is why I have been <laughs> a little mean with clues. Is it recent? Have I seen this musical? Or do I just know it? I don't know that you've seen a professional production of this musical, but I know you've seen a production of this musical. It's not Adams. No. Does that mean it happened at Vassar? Did Vassar do this? Vassar did do this. I'm pretty sure you saw this. Maybe you didn't, but like you know the musical, and I know I saw. Dogfight. 
Yes. <laughs> Fuck you, stop putting piece of Kampala in I there. had to. It was funny. I think I have one more. Oh, I have one more, and this one's kind of like a gotcha. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm as happy as can be. I want the world to know nothing ever worries me. Is this from Shrek? I, so remember how I told you? Yeah, and I, you said this was a gotcha question. None of these were Shrek. This is Shrek 4. Oh, Jesus Christ. This could be from anything. I'm as happy as can be. I want the world to know. Is this from Adam's family? Nothing ever worries me. Because if it's a gotcha question, I feel like it's from someone who's not happy as can be. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it as in the, the metaphorical mm. meaning of the lyrics or a gotcha. <laughs> I meant it more as you know the source material. I highly doubt you would know this musical. Is this Devil Wars Prada? No. Which, by the way, was in Chicago and was supposed to go straight to Broadway, and then it got such bad reviews in Chicago that they just shut it down. Not surprised. Um, I'm still shocked that um, Pretty Woman made it. Is this Pretty Woman? No. <laughs> that would have been really telling. Right? And I know the movie. Yes. Very well? That's why it's a gotcha. You know the movie this song is from. You might not necessarily know the movie that this musical is based off of. Wait, what? I know. Wait. I know. I know the movie this song is from, but not the movie this musical is based on. So this musical took a song from another movie than the the movie it's based on? The movie it's based on is based on another movie. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be pissed when I tell you what this is. Wait, no, no, no. So the, so the first movie is a musical. Yes. The second movie is not? I don't believe so. And then they made a musical based on the second movie, but t- not like Jungle Book. No. Because that's what the Jungle Book remake did, is they only used like two songs from the original movie. What? <laughs> Literally what? What do you mean it's an adaptation of the first movie? How can a movie be an adaptation of another movie? Is this... From Maybe it's an adaptation of the first movie's like source material, but I would argue it's an adaptation of the first movie. <laughs> is this the Clueless musical and it's from My Fair Lady? Um, fuck. I can give you another song. Please do. What the fuck? This really blew my mind when I saw it, so don't... How is the movie Makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. So you're telling me. <laughs> it's a musical version of a different Pinocchio adaptation. <laughs> is this a stage version of the Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio? <laughs> this is Disney's My Son Pinocchio Geppetto's musical tale. They made a stage version of the movie Geppetto. <laughs> I they made a stage version, a Disney-sanctioned stage Ge- version Sorry. of Geppetto. Geppetto was produced by Disney. I don't know, but the stage version was Disney's My Son, Gepp- My Son Pinocchio, Geppetto's musical tale. And it includes... That was from um, I Have No Strings, was the first one that I gave you. It was distributed <laughs> by Disney on ABC. How can they even say it's based on Geppetto? How are they allowed to do that? I also read to you the full title. Disney's My Son Pinocchio, a Japan musical tale. <laughs> music and lyrics. <laughs> music and lyrics are both by Stephen Schwartz. Wicked. <laughs> wrote Wicked. It's based on the 2000 made-for-television movie Japan. They wrote that with their whole chest. 
Oh my god. I, I'm so sorry to have had to give you this information. You took years off of my life just now. I think that past five minutes made this episode worth it. I'm... <laughs> I really have to... I really do love this mini game, And I am... It, it is very satisfying, the ones that you got. And I think it's also... I don't think... like. I always think it's funny to like look at it and be like, "What? How did this become?" I I think it's also fun to do with me because I am someone who knows when I know things. Yeah, and I don't like being told that I'm wrong, especially when it's like an area that I know very well. Yeah, and musicals and movies are the two areas right that I know very well. I. All right. Well, <laughs> damn. <laughs> um... I won't tell you how long we've been recording. They wrote one original song for Pinocchio. The rest are... For... I'm sorry, for uh, Geppetto the musical? Yeah, Pinocchio sings. He sings one original song with Geppetto and nothing else. What? Stromboli did get his own song, though. Bravo, Stromboli. What did you learn? What did I learn? Um, I learned... I learned that it is a publicly held opinion that... The other side is sexually charged. <laughs> it is that there are strong, strong homoerotic tones. A lot of to the, the letterbox reviews mentioned. I learned that we are all willing to say that, look each other in the eyes, yeah. and say that out loud. What um, did you learn? I learned about Tom Thumb the elephant, <laughs> the little elephant. Yeah, the smaller elephant. The little guy, the little guy named Tom Thumb. I and I learned that Tom Thumb the elephant bailed him out. I learned that Tom Thumb the person should have been the subject of this movie. Yeah. I'm livid. Dude, it's dope. He was such an interesting person. Oh my god. And he's like, he's an actually interesting port, like, thing about P.T. Barnum, because P.T. Barnum, with him and with Commodore Nutt, was like, he he went to, he uh, when he adopted them, he's like, I'm going to educate you. I'm going to teach you to be, like, a, a proper actor, performer, and also, I guess, dress up like Napoleon and ride around this elephant I named after mm-hmm. you. That's an interesting story. And it has much less of his dumb children. One day, someone will make a true P.T. Barnum movie. And I think now, because when this movie... Barnum and Bailey just recently kind of went under, yeah. right? It, like, it was They're within done. our lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we need to be a little bit out of that. A little bit farther away from that. It's also interesting because I think so much of Barnum and Bailey right now is focused on the animal abuse. Yeah. That we don't see a lot of. Yeah. Because it was really... Not that it wasn't... P.T. Barnum's heyday, but he was a, much more about just straight up human abuse. Yeah, just a, a, a normal abuse. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, fun facts, too, that I have that Hans, Hans Christian Andersen fell in love with... Um, the monkey with a fish body? Yeah, the Fiji mermaid. No, what is her Jenny name? Lind? Jenny Lind. Fell in love with her and she rebuffed his advances. And that's why he wrote The Snow Queen. I mean, they're, Dan- um, they're Danish and Swedish. About her having sense. a heart of ice. <laughs> so she's Girl the boss. inspiration for Elsa. Girl boss. But yeah. Um, where can we find you? Uh, you can find the pod on TikTok. TikTok toe. <laughs> you can find the pod on TikTok at Stop You Ruining It. You can find me on TikTok at Saved by the Dells. You can now find us on Kofi. Yeah. Um, which, oh, I need to bring up our, our new friends. Kofi. Oh, yeah. Friends? We- plural? Yeah, we have two friends of the pod. So on our Kofi, which I will link in the episode description, you can give a, a recurring monthly um, tip to become a best friend of the podcast. I will send out like polls when we need help deciding what uh, movie to cover, or you can do a one-time donation with a movie request, which we will get to yes. in a second. In a second. Um, however, 
We have two best friends of the pod. That's crazy. So shout out to Clover and Boruwaka. You're so confident. Boruwaka. If we got it wrong, tell us. Tell us and we will fix it. Immediately. Pretty much. Um, which means that next week we have our first... Fan submitted yeah, movie. Our, our first requested movie. A request from Clover, who is one of the best friends of the pod. Thank you. Uh, our next movie will be Into the Spider-Verse. Which I'm pumped about. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> this this movie, shocked you've seen it. I'm going to be honest. This movie goes with Detective Pikachu. It's one that I saw with my ex-boyfriend, but I went, this movie rocks too hard. Uh, yeah, so special thanks to, to everyone who's worked on this pod for us. Uh, co-host Delaney. <laughs> co-host Natalie. Editor Delaney. Uh, producer Fefu. Producer Fefu. Sound. Um, uh, yeah, and Fef- Stinky Fefu. Yeah, a special thanks to President of Stinky. President Fefu. the President of the Stinky uh, She's She rules with an iron fist. And the way presidents do. I mean. I mean. I mean. All right, we've been recording for almost three hours. I love that. All right, goodbye. Bye. Bye.